Hello, and thank you for joining me for this special episode of The Shoemaker's Library. I'm your host, Kenneth Roman, and I'm here with George F. Johnson Memorial Library Director Ed Dunscombe, who after almost 40 years of service will be, will be retiring at the end of the month. Welcome, Ed. Welcome, Kenny. Thank you for having me. So let's get started from the beginning. And what got you interested in libraries? Well, you know, it, uh, I kind of backdoored into the profession. Um, I went to college thinking I might possibly be a lawyer. I was a political science and history major. And um, after finishing up uh, four years of undergraduate work, I was kind of uh, uh, stretched out on that front. So I really couldn't see myself going to three more years of intensive graduate school at that point. So I took a year off and uh, kind of weighed my options. I had had um, my wife, who um, I was not married to yet at that point, um, but I had met in college, um, had always wanted to be a librarian. And the school I was at, Geneseo, um, State University of New York College at Geneseo, had a uh, school of library and information science. And a friend of mine, a close friend of mine, who, uh, who was also a history major, had gone to Geneseo specifically knowing that he wanted to go into library school after he, after his undergraduate degree. I wasn't quite so sure about that, although I was really struck because when I got out, um, when I got my degree in 1976, the economy was not good and um, there weren't a heck of a lot of jobs to apply for. But I noticed every time I walked through the library school on the way to, uh, to my classrooms that uh, there was a display board there with many jobs posted, job openings, and I was busily send, typing up resumes and cover letters and sending them out blind to companies for entry-level management positions and things of that nature. And it struck me that, gee, here's a profession where there's actual concrete job openings that you can apply for. <clears throat> so that kind of got me thinking along those lines. I did at that time apply for a program at Indiana University in Pennsylvania, which was a college student personnel work, because I, uh, I think I enjoyed my college experience so much and uh, did not want to project myself out into the real world. I could have seen myself very comfortably living in the cozy confines of an academic environment for the rest of my life. So I weighed seriously going into college student personnel work, and I had an, uh, an offer for the, from the program in, in Pennsylvania with uh, a stipend and so on. So what I did was I went to the library school. I had applied to the library school as well. And I went to the dean of both programs and said, can I uh, just kind of pocket the acceptance for a year and weigh my options and uh, make a decision later? And nicely enough, they both agreed to that proposal. So I worked on campus for a year just in the dining services uh, after I graduated, and uh, over the course of the year, decided that uh, libraries would probably be a better fit for me. So, not something I had originally really seen myself going into, but it, it turned out to be a great fit. What are some changes you've seen in the profession over the years? Well, the most obvious one uh, would be computerization. When I started out, I got my graduate degree in 1978. And I started in that, the Vestal Public Library uh, in the summer of 1980. In the interim, I had worked for the city of Rochester in their records management program. I had actually gone to graduate school with the person who was head of the Rochester City Records Management Program. So I had kind of an entree there. And that was kind of related work uh, <clears throat> in an archival sense. Um, 
at that point in time, governments were setting up records retention programs, schedules and things that kind of dictated how long governments had to hold certain types of documents. So that's the kind of work I was doing for the year and a half there. But um, um, so there was, there was computerization was starting to um, rear its head in that field. When I came here into library work, though, in 1980, um, there was really no computerization going on in our in our libraries here locally. Um, one of the first memories I have, there was an elderly <coughs> librarian who worked for us part-time, Bob Kroll. And um, Bob worked part-time days in the cataloging office here at George F., which is where I spent a good chunk of my time. And he kind of, he and a few others kind of showed me the ropes. But one of the first things I remember seeing Bob doing was, uh, this is a little more... Uh, arcane library, um, behind the scenes kind of things, but we had what were, um, a lot of uh, people of my vintage would remember the card catalog and the, and the catalog cards. We used to have a, uh, a master file of catalog cards in the back room for all of the books that were in the collection, and some of those books, like travel guides, would come out every year. So there was a set that would grow over a period of time. It reflected what was in the library's collection. So if you had the 1980 travel guide, that would be entered on these catalog cards. And then when you got the 81 and so forth, and there would be a notation made when you withdrew those, the older ones from the collection. And as time went by, there was too much time to, um, to fit all that onto one card. So you'd have to go onto multiple sets of cards to reflect each title. And Bob was busily out back using... Um, I don't know if it was string or dental floss tying the card sets together through the little hole in the bottom of the, that the rod would go through in the bottom of the card catalog. And uh, so that was kind of my introduction, but it, it kind of puts in perspective how things have changed with uh, everything being computerized these days. The card catalog, of course, um, long gone and uh, computers impacting every aspect of what we do pretty much today. What did you start when you started here at the George F. Johnson Library? What was your position? Well, um, it, was, it was, you know, it's always been a lot of fun. They put me in the cataloging room, but I was full-time right uh, from the start. So I was working part of the time at the reference desk, part of the time out in the cataloging office. Um, at that point in time, we really did a lot more original cataloging that, than we do these days. So... Um, um, the first signs we had of computerization, really, we bought, we had this IBM, one of the old first IBM personal computers with the, from the Charlie Chaplin ad days. And we had a program to generate catalog cards. So we would start um, typing in just, the, you know, the basic information, author title, publisher dates, and so on. And um, the computer would turn those, uh, that data into uh, sets of catalog cards. Um, a lot of the processing has always been done by the four county library system, but so a lot of a lot of time spent in the cataloging office and the rest of the time at the reference desk working under some great uh, librarians who taught me the ropes and uh, just a, it's that probably what I've enjoyed most about the job is that it's been diverse activity. It's not like I had to spend all of the time in the cataloging office, which I think would have driven me crazy or all of the time at the reference desk. and I, I think doing both of those things, um, made me better at both of them because I got to see what patrons needed in terms of cataloging, you know, in terms of being able to find things, which probably made me a better cataloger. And from the cataloging viewpoint, um, I would, I would see it from the patrons aspect of 
So I think it may be <coughs> better at both both those tasks. Apart from uh, computerization, what other changes have you headed? Well, I've seen a, a, a obviously a big change here in the community. Um, at that point in time, we're talking early 1980, um, IBM was a strong presence here in the community, and there were a lot of uh, IBM families um, in the fam <coughs> in the community. <coughs> Excuse me. That would bring in uh, you know their kids to read on a regular basis. The community certainly has changed a lot. The economy in the area has changed a lot. As far as libraries in particular are concerned, back then there was a heavy emphasis on print materials, print reference sources, um, the book collection. As time went along, the things have evolved much more into, more into the library as a community center, a meeting place, and uh, obviously. The computer aspect has spilled over into all areas, obviously. You're <clears throat> very familiar as the head of the tech center that we offer computer classes now for the community. And uh, we have public access computers, which we've had for years, that enable people to do so many more things than uh, they used to do in the library. It's funny that when I was in graduate school, people were saying that, uh, this is give you an idea about how far back we're going here, people were saying that uh, microfilm was going to be the death of the public library because <clears throat> everybody was just, gonna, I guess, going to be able to sit at home and, and look things up on microfilm. I'm not sure how that was going to work. But, of course, that's libraries just incorporated microfilm into what they were doing. And one of the, That's really one of the interesting things about libraries is that certainly when computers came along, people were saying and still to some extent do say that computers are going to supplant the need for the public library, but <clears throat> libraries have just taken computers and incorporated them into creative and different ways that they can service the community. And now it's hard to imagine any library um, being able to function and fulfill its role in the community without computers. So, uh, you know, we've taken what some people thought would, would be the death knell of the library and just turned it into one of our strengths. What do you see as the future of libraries, and do you have any advice for librarians like me who are just starting out in the field? Well, it's, you know, it's a little hard to see what technology is going to come down the road. I'm, I'm confident that whatever that is will, will find its way into libraries, and libraries will use that uh, to best advantage. Um, I think we will continue to fulfill a role as, as I said, as a community center, as a meeting place, uh, as really the the core of the community. When you, when you drive through a, a town, um, one of the first things I think people look for when they're coming into a new town is the public library because it really does reflect the history of the community as well as uh, very much its future. I think you'll continue to see an emphasis on literacy. Um, we're very focused and always have been on children's services and trying to get children reading as quickly as possible in their lives, get parents really to read to children before the children are even ready to read. And uh, there's been a lot of emphasis lately with um, the program that uh, Broome Community College and uh, the county executive here in Endicott, uh, Jason Garner, are focused on getting books into children's hands and into parents' hands as quickly as possible because of what we've learned about the value of uh, verbal communication and words in the development of young minds. Um, so that's certainly an emphasis that we'll always have here. We have very active children's department with a great focus on reading readiness, a great focus on keeping kids reading over the summer. So I'm sure that will be a continuing part of our mission. 
we have developed just an incredible book collection, which I hope does not get lost in the uh, in the haze here of all the computer talk because um, we just I'm, I'm so proud of that. Actually, we've uh, in the years when we did not have good funding, we were not able to do that, and the quality of our collection uh, eroded. But um, I'm just uh, just staggered really to see the quality of that we have in our book collection nowadays and I hope people understand that and take full advantage of it because just I would encourage people just to come into the library and browse the books because they, they're almost guaranteed to find something they'd be interested in reading. Um, continued emphasis on computers of course uh, it's you know it's hard uh, people is a, a group in society uh, people that don't have Public don't have computers at home, don't have internet access, don't have high-speed broadband, and that really puts them at a disadvantage competing economically and competing for jobs. So it will continue to fill that void, and um, we will just kind of have to see what comes around the curve for us. But I'm confident that libraries will continue to adapt to changes in society. What will you miss most about the George F. Johnson Memorial Library? Well, let me go back to that, that second part of the okay. question, which was uh, suggestions for you. I'm, okay. I'm actually you know, so proud of you that you have came here as a, like a 15-year-old and started working for us, and you've, you've kept your ties to George F., uh, the GFJ Library all these years through, through undergraduate school and graduate school. So pleased you came back to work here. You bring a lot a lot of new ideas and fresh ideas and young ideas to the plate that keeps help keeps the library vital. And I would I would just encourage you and, and people of your generation coming into the field to continue to do that. To uh, you know stay up on the trends as I know you do obviously with this podcast and different things. And um, that's a great value to the community. And I you know just stay up on current trends and um, you know, there's different ways different people can go into into the field public libraries, academic libraries, corporate libraries. There's so many related fields about information that people with library degrees can get into today that aren't even in traditional library settings. So um, I'd encourage people to get ex whatever experience they can in those different uh, environments and just decide which one they like best and go for it. And then back to the what will you miss about the library? I will miss so much. Um, I'll miss the staff. I've been blessed with an incredible staff. Um, that people that I really consider more more to be my friends than um, than my employees, certainly my colleagues. And um, I'll miss the library board. I've had fabulous trustees over the years. We had some very difficult hurdles to overcome here in Endicott with library funding, and I've always felt that the board had my back every step of the way, but that they never tried to micromanage me, which I greatly appreciated. And they, the board members who we've had here have just been incredible. They've brought so many different kinds of talents to the to the table from their own backgrounds and their own personalities and uh, never an ounce of uh, discord at the board meetings. Just uh, it's been a great experience from that aspect. I already you know, mentioned the staff. I'd have to have really emphasize that. I, I'll miss them all. I'll miss the patrons a great deal. Um, I've had a lot of conversations. It's one of the greatest things about the job is you never know what you're going to encounter from day to day. And obviously when you're working in public service, uh, some of those can be challenging, but that's part of what makes the job interesting. 
I think you kind of have to understand that people are, you know, coming into the library for a reason. That reason could be they need to work on the computer. You, we've seen elderly people come in trying to handle Facebook and stay in touch with their family, which may live a great, great distance away. We've seen people passing through, um, just traveling through the community, trying to stay in touch with people. We've seen people trying to learn computer skills. But um, we've been, I think to a certain extent, we just see people coming into the library because it's a, a warm, friendly place in the winter and a cool, friendly place in the summer. And they know they're going to be treated with respect. They know they're going to see a smile on a face. And, um, you know, they'll, they'll know that um, hopefully they've had a positive interaction at some level and they'll walk out the door wanting to come back. So I'll certainly miss the community a great deal. But the great thing about a public library is, as a place of employment, is that it, it is public. And um, my dad was an insurance agent, so I, I don't really remember what his emotions were when he retired, but he pretty much knew that when he walked out the office door, he wasn't going to see his co-workers again. He wasn't going to see his uh, the people who had bought insurance policies from him again. Uh, he was pretty much done with that aspect of his life. The great thing here is I can come back every day if I want to, just as a patron. I'll be able to stay in touch with the staff and uh, no doubt uh, some of the, the patrons as well. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that. We would, we would love to see you every day if we can. Hopefully, How, hopefully it won't be too much of a pest. No, never. How do you plan to spend the time during your retirement? I hear you already have some things scheduled. I do, um, actually. Well, it's not doesn't really adhere to my schedule, but my son uh, got married a couple of years ago, and his wife is expecting um, what will be our first grandchild um, in four days. So um, that certainly, I figure, will pleasantly fill up a lot of my hours. I plan uh, on employing my uh, a lot of the reading skills I learned here at the library children's books to my granddaughter or grandson. We still don't know which that's going to be, but uh, certainly looking forward to that as well as um, one of my grandnieces is going to get married in uh, Vienna, Austria of all places in August. So we're going to be attending that wedding, my wife and my daughter and myself, and uh, meeting up with some friends afterwards and doing a little touring around Germany. So we like to travel, maybe a uh, an interesting trip every couple of years. And uh, other than that, we have no plans on leaving Endicott. We do have family in Florida. We'll need to check in on periodically. But, um, and certainly get to see my kids. They both live out of town. So we'll get to see them a little bit more often. And uh, I got 100,000 books here at the library. I have to get busy reading. So I've, I've got a list a mile long that I haven't had time to tackle. But I'm looking forward to... Uh, Sitting on bench under a lilac tree in my backyard with a glass of iced tea and a good book. And I'd encourage everybody else to do the same. Yes, sounds wonderful. Yeah, our patrons think we have all the time in the world to read. but They'd be surprised at how, how much it takes up it, it's our time. Funny. We, get, we get that comment from time to time. Oh, you, you have, what a great job you must have just sitting around and read all day. And we wish that that was actually what we were doing. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, Hopefully, you try to squeeze that in, but hopefully I'll have a little bit more time to pursue that. Sounds good. Well, thank you for sitting down with me. I'm sure your, our listeners will be happy to hear from you. I want to add that I will definitely miss you. Uh, you were my first boss and have given me a great advice and insight over the years. And I can only hope to be as great as a librarian as you are. 
Well, I thank that. Thank you for that, Kenny. Great sentiment. And um, you've been a fantastic person to work with, as has everybody here. And um, I just, uh, you know, if we have a lot more people coming into the field like you, um, I'm sure we have sunny days ahead. You've been listening to the special episode of the Shoemakers Library. We sat down with Ed Dunscombe, director of the George F. Johnson Memorial Library. Keep reading, and thanks for listening.